Happy Wednesday. I'm excited to bring an episode with uh, someone I've worked with for a long time, Dr. Anthony Gustin. It's fun because we got to do a double back-to-back podcast. So I interviewed him and then he interviewed me. So um, stay tuned for his podcast release and another continued conversation of all things business and fitness and supplements and uh, just meathead, meathead shit. Uh, Current obsessions. I am trying to gain four pounds of muscle, which I realize is really ambitious. And, you know, I do this in body that I have where you can really get a great analysis of your body composition, segmented lean muscle mass. So like right leg versus left leg, your total lean muscle mass in pounds. And when we started the 21 day MFIT challenge, which we started last week, So congrats for being almost halfway. I think this is the halfway point for all my challengers. They, I just decided to do something, some more uh, tracking of my body composition. And over like the last two and a half years, really lean muscle mass hasn't changed more than two pounds total. And that's, so that's aggressive to (laughs) aim for four pound total change. But that means I have to eat a lot and I have to stop drinking some wine after work and um, really being accountable to the meals that I prep. And I'm not going to lie. I haven't done a great job this week, but I'm excited to see at the end of the three weeks where I'm at for all my challengers, keep going for it and doing what you're doing. I love the interaction on the Facebook page. Any events that I have coming up, um, are a little bit later in the month in February, March. So I'm just going to get right to the podcast. Enjoy. <laughs> I'm Emily Schramm, the ultimate meathead hippie. Welcome to the show. Right, Dr. Anthony Gustin. Welcome to Meathead Hippie. I think you uh, fit the Meathead Hippie title pretty, pretty well. <laughs> yeah, I think that's actually. Yeah, I, I saw when you when you did that. I was like, oh, yeah, that kind of describes me. I need to be on the show. Yes, and I wanted have wanted you on the show forever. I kind of wanted to explain how we met because I just love this story. I was um, so frustrated because there's whey protein. Obviously, what I've lived with, you know, as a meathead always have protein after you work out. And I was realizing, oh my gosh, this is kind of the final piece of this dairy intolerance that I thought I cut all the things that I'm bothered by, but I hadn't. And so I was living with this horrible pea protein, kind of vegan protein mixes. My muscles were sore. I'm one of those people, if I don't take protein after I work out, I feel it drastically. And so I was scouring the internet and I saw what was then pure wad beef protein isolate. I was terrified because I was like, what? There's no way that this three ingredient Mm, protein (laughs) could taste good. But of course I tried it and I got shipped a bag with a note from you and I was instantly hooked. So I just, everything that you produce, your products, it's why I, I love you and also why I love your company. So I just... First off, thank you for making quality things. <laughs> thank you for the support. Yeah, I remember that's the day. So both companies have been pretty scrappy. And so I was still doing Cairo full time at that point. And I don't know if you know this, but I mean, obviously you got a note from me, but I was shipping still every single packet and every order that came through my kitchen. Oh, I love that. <laughs> and yeah, yeah. I, I saw your order and be like, hmm, that name sounds familiar. I think I was following you on Instagram already. So I was like, oh, okay. Well, 
be sure to write her a note and, and pass that along. And yeah, I think that, I mean, we both just connected pretty early on about having higher standards than the norm for health and nutrition. So yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you. And then, um, you know, when we decided to podcast, I just think it's hilarious because I think we're very similar. Obviously your background is just way more impressive and kind of the way you're running your businesses is just like, I, I admire it because I also have a lot of things on my plate, but I want to really dive into, you know, we can get into the keto stuff in a bit and get into the way we eat in a bit, but I kind of am more fascinated by the way you think, um, because I think we think very similarly and I just love it because you're the one person that I know in my life that will never ever judge me for launching another business. <laughs> yeah. I, I think uh, we both need to cool out. Um, but that being said, I, I think we've also kind of want to do a project together. So yes, for sure. <laughs> we wraps for now, but, um, uh, yeah, do, you, yeah. do, you, do you know your Enneagram number? No, I've been asked several times recently actually to look this up. So yeah, you have I'll, to, I'll do it. I'll put it in the show notes. I am I, INTJ though for, Myers okay. Gray. You're an I really? Yeah, yeah, I guess I could see that for sure. I, uh, I think you're a seven. I'm just going to throw that out there, uh, for the Enneagram. So if you're not quite sure, um, let me know if you're a seven or not. For those who don't know, Enneagram is another really great personality test. It's, um, numbers one through nine and Diane Sanfilippo talks about it a lot too. If you ever follow her, yeah, but she, she is an eight with a wing, Actually, I don't know if she's a wing. She's just an eight. So she's one of those like kind of go-getters. Like, I don't give a fuck what anyone thinks is what I, who I am and what I do. That's who my sister is. But a seven is like the creator. Like if I'm not doing something, if my hands aren't on something, if I'm not thinking about my next project, I get really depressed. Yeah. So I think she's, she's pretty similar to how we are too. Like whenever I hang out with her, she's always talking about, oh, I'm going to launch this book and do this program. I'm going to I'm launching spices and, and she's, she's pretty all over the place too, but like very getting after it. I appreciate that. Yeah. Well, I, so talk about, you know, a little bit of your backstory and maybe just currently, what's your favorite project that you're working on? Cause I know, you know, we tend to, we love the, all our products and I know that you, I mean, have put so much thought and energy and science behind your products. And I want to know kind of where your heart is. Like, what are you really enjoying working on? Yeah, so kind of a long story about my background, but to keep it short, I'm trained as a chiropractor um, and did that. So I graduated five years ago, um, opened up a clinic with another guy in San Francisco. We grew that to six locations in three years. I went from doing sports med, um, transition to functional medicine. And one of the things I noticed with all injuries as well as functional medicine problems is that nutrition was the key to help getting everybody better. Um, mm. You know, whether it's you strain a muscle like everything in your body is made from the food you eat. Like every, every tissue is made from the food you eat. So if you eat junk, expect your tissues to operate like junk. The same yeah. thing with, with, you know, if it's gut health or diabetes or weight management, like nutrition is the, is the cornerstone to all that stuff. And so thinking about how to like approach nutrition as a solvable problem in my business, I actually, so I do these retreats very often, like once a month to kind of evaluate where I'm at and what I'm doing in my life. Um, what are these retreats? So, so, sounds very serious, I know. Yeah, no, <laughs> what are these? I want to join. What uh, is so I have this very crazy, like, so I actually just did the yearly planning for 2018. And so I have a very robust planning system. And then I break that down from a yearly perspective into a monthly, kind of like what I need to get done month to month. And then, for, and then that goes into a daily tracker. And so oh, wow. daily Wait, tracker kind of I feeds, need to... Yeah, I'll, I'll share all this stuff with you. Uh, okay, good. But 
I'll yeah, I'll send you send you examples. But um, yeah, so then every month I review like, okay, all my yearly goals on pace, do they make sense still? Do I need to change everything? Like what are the big key items I need to do every month or like this month to move the needle forward where I want it to go? And mm-hmm. so that way I can bust it down into like 30 or 40 tasks throughout the month. And then every day uh, when I work, I try to do uh, what I call deep work sessions. So there's a book called Deep Work by Cal Newport, really good at explaining this. Uh, but then I, I pick from that list on a month-to-month basis. So I do two projects a day. I try to get two things like that done until I start answering emails and doing day-to-day business stuff. And so I do that. Holy anyway, shit. How do you yeah. pick your two? Okay, I'm going to yeah. stay on this for a little bit because this is good stuff. I'm yeah, not. so how, how do I pick? Um, yeah, so how do you? Things that, that are um, usually I start the opposite way most people do. So I look at the most challenging things, the mm-hmm. things that like I, I feel the most resistance to. And the things that will have the highest impact in, in business. So, I mean, you could put this into a spreadsheet and stack rank it. And so what you can do is just like put a number like one to five. This will be easy to hard and then impactful to not impactful and just rank them based upon an aggregate number. And that way you can say like, okay, it, you, like just like in a workout, like if you do a harder thing first, you'll have a better workout. Same thing. I think about that from like a month to month basis. And so looking at that from like, if, if I get, if it's week one of a month and I get the 10 hardest things done, well, then the rest of the month is easy. And I can just like, not necessarily coast, but not have to like feel this resistance the whole time. Like, oh shit, I need to do this or I need to do that. And it's like open loops always hanging in my head. Yes. Uh, and then also the most impactful things. And so, you know, something is like launching a new product, for instance. And like, there's a, there's a certain product type of issue that I need to work through. Like that obviously gets done first because that's one of the biggest things. Like, so you know, if you don't have a product to provide to people, then you're not solving any problems. Mm-hmm. Um, so impact and resistance are kind of two ways I rank that on a day-to-day, what I'm going to do. Basis. I love that. Cause I really do feel it's the exact same thing as a workout, right? Like we avoid what we're good at or we're, we avoid what we're bad at and right. we do what we're good at, but you will never ever progress with anything when that happens. What, for picking your 2018 goals, how do you pick your 2018 goals? Like the big year goals, I feel like I love that you break it down into those little steps and those day to day things. Do you have an example of like one of your business's big goals and how you maybe broke it down to a small goal, like a task? Yeah. So, what the whole how I go over this is so I've done this for a couple of years now. And so I just did a when I flight over to Europe, so I'm in Amsterdam right now. The flight over, I did a recap of all my 2017 goals and I wanted to see like where I was at, what made sense there, um, did I reach my goals or not, why or why not did I reach them. Mm-hmm. And so in my opinion, when you do these yearly goals, you want to hit only about like 70% of your goals because otherwise you're either not being aggressive enough or being too aggressive. So if you, mm-hmm. if you hit all of them, then you had way more in the tank that you could have gave. And then also like if you only hit 50, 40, 30%, then you're just aiming too high in my opinion. Hmm. or too many goals. And so I looked at that and then kind of made progressions based upon where I was at last year. And so I do this from a personal standpoint uh, with a lot of different things that I know I want to be this type of person at the end of the year or these are things I'm trying to work on. And so I actually have this open right now because it was, it's in the same notebook. But yeah, so every business is broken down and then every project is broken down and then every personal aspect of my life is broken down into these goals and then that all feeds into like a daily tracker. And so like one of the things, for instance, I read 52 books every year and then I have a week uh, in my day-to-day tracker. I have a spot in there for tracking books read. And then, so I just plug it in there and have a spreadsheet that just tracks all that stuff. So every month I, I go through in this monthly review and say like, okay, I read four books this month. Great. I'm on pace. Everything's good to go. 
And then when June comes around, then I could do that and I can see the total and like where I'm at. And if I'm behind pace or ahead of pace. And so that way I can kind of adjust my day-to-day based upon that. Oh, that's a great uh, example. Well, yeah. and how do you, you check your, this, is it just one giant, I know you said you'll send it, but one giant spreadsheet or, and is it something you check every morning, every night? Yeah. Uh, so it's Google, yeah, it's Google doc. Um, and it has so the, the yearly stuff and then as well as the day-to-day that then tracks everything else. So another thing that I wanted to do last year was connect with more people and invest more into relationships. So I had a hundred uninterrupted two hour conversations with different people. And so then I tracked that as well in there and like my day-to-day spreadsheet. So every time I would do that, it's like, okay, this person, this is what we talked about. And this is the date. Mm, I love and that. So, and so it's not necessarily like it has to be goal oriented in my opinion, but just something that you can ha- kind of have a North star and fix on and make sure that you're going in the right direction and doing the things that are actually important to you. So that's why I think the personal section for me is more important. And so like last year was meditate 250 times. This year, it's going to be meditate 300 times for at least 15 minutes because I'm just getting more into it. Mm. Uh, and so that's another thing too. And then I also have 250 workouts. Mm, that's good. I don't and have so, an issue with the workout part. I have an issue with course, the meditation part. <laughs> and, then so, and then every day I just have a, like it's rubric where it says, um, did I do my two projects? And I had the two projects listed. Did I read? Did I work out? Did I meditate? Um, and then, I mean, you could edit it however you want. And then that way, like I just put a one or a zero. And if I did those things and then it's calculated kind of like on, on a weekly basis um, and it gives me a score at the end of the week and saying, you know, is this, you're going the right direction or not? And so then it's color coded and I can see very visually like, oh, I had a red week. What the hell happened here? Mm-hmm. Okay. I was traveling or this happened. Like I, and then one of the things too is like just with either the nutrition or working out, it's important. Like when you notice getting off track, not feeling guilt or blame about it and just being able to be like, okay, I'm aware of what's going on and then I can do these things to be a better person with whatever that means to me. Was that process, was that a process for you or was that intuitive for you to um, let shit go basically like not having to dwell on, I feel like a failure shit. I got to make up for it. Have you always been that kind of easy flowing? Like it is what it is and I'll recover tomorrow. Oh, hell no. Uh, so <laughs> this is something that I've had to learn the hard way. So obviously doing as many things as I'm doing, this is a good way to keep on track with everything. Mm. Making sure I don't fall apart personally. Um, so obviously I'm a very structured person. People who know what INTJs are, are not going to be surprised by this ridiculous spreadsheet. But <laughs> <laughs> this, is a, this is a way where like, I used to be so rigid where, and then beat myself up about, oh, I didn't meet X, Y, Z goal. Like I'm a failure or whatever. And then a couple of years ago, I just started, had to let that stuff and realize that like, it's just part of the process and I can only do what I can do on a day-to-day basis. And I just need to enjoy the moment and appreciate what I'm doing. I mean, a lot of that came from meditation and just hanging out with better people than me. Um, yeah. Which certainly wasn't hard to do a couple of years ago, especially, but it's been, yeah, it's, it's definitely been a process and that wasn't an intuitive thing for me growing up, especially. Yeah. Cause I mean, you're just based off of just your career path and where you've gone and how much you've grown so quickly, you can tell it's more than a spreadsheet that's gotten you where you were at. <laughs> you were at, you know, yeah. you're a very driven, a driven human. So but, it's- yeah. Yeah. For, for instance, like to give an example of that and like now I don't feel guilt about it, but last year, perfect keto goals, I had perfect keto and equip, which are just two of the different companies that I have. And the equip ones, all but one of them were read or not met of five goals. Mm. But the perfect key ones were all crushed because I invested so much time in that. And mm. so I could look at this and say like, oh, okay, 
I'm a failure and I failed all this stuff, or it was an opportunity cost if I would have met all those to not have such success that we have with Perfect Keto. And so there's definitely a give and take. And it doesn't mean like if you don't meet stuff that you're not getting anything out of it. And so for instance, like if someone has a glass of wine or a piece of cake and feels guilty about it, there's oftentimes an upset uh, or an upside to it that they're not realizing that maybe they were enjoying time with friends and family and like had a huge stress reduction. Mm-hmm. Right. And so there's not always downside to being off a track of where you want to be hundred percent of the time. Oh man, I think I need to make this uh, the first podcast of January. I was going to make it the second, but I think it might need to be the first. <laughs> and this is fun because we're going to have, just so you guys know, this is uh, one of your two hour conversations, Anthony, because we're doing a back to back. So I'm podcasting yep. you and then you're going to podcast me. <laughs> yeah. Well, okay. You said something about to avoid personal burnout. Have you hit that before? Yeah, definitely. Well, you tell me, yeah, tell me about that. Like, what's it feel like? When do you know, like, how do you recover from it? I would love, especially talking about changing your, your workouts maybe for it. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's a great point. I think it's multifaceted. So once you hit that point, I mean, for me, it feels like a huge lack of energy and then it's so difficult for me to do anything throughout the day, whether that's respond to an email or check my phone, like check my Instagram is like a, a huge task at that point. Like every workout seems very fatiguing. Like it, it's, it's a very real thing that a lot of people um, underestimate. Yeah. Um, I, I try to bake into my thing now. So like I have three five day unplugged retreats that I did this year and I'm about to schedule four for next year. And so now I'm just putting those in quarterly. It's kind of like a preventative me- measure. So that way I can step back, breathe a little bit and make sure ahead of time that I'm not creating this type of system for myself. But yeah, I mean, certainly decreasing any type of stress on the body. So that means not traveling a ton, not being on my phone, not working essentially, um, not doing super hard workouts. And so, uh, I do more like body weight type stuff in gymnastics recently anyways, but I mean, especially like, and I've ratcheted down the intensity of my workouts because I'm working so much. Like your body has only a certain amount of stress to adapt to, mm-hmm. whether that is from a workout or if it's from mental stress that I mean, you have like a definitive reservoir, I think like on a day to day week to week basis, and you can easily deplete that by yeah. by overdoing it with with all these different things and so keeping nutrition up and keeping it perfect is another way that to kind of buffer that that i think a lot of people don't realize that you know if you have things like nutrition sleep stress movement all these things are super important if you start losing one or two of them it's like thinking about it like chairs or, or legs on a chair right mm-hmm. yeah you, you can be on a uh, if you're on a chair with one leg, two legs, like good luck balancing for very long. You're going to fall apart quick. And yeah. so it's just this, this mindset that like making sure that all parts of my life are taken care of stress management, sleep, nutrition, relationships, fun, work, everything, movement, and not trying to do too much at once. Such a good point. I think a huge piece too is the supplements. When people ask me like, you know, how do you do this? I'm like, I do, I take a lot of supplements. I, you know, whether it's mushrooms, whether it's your turmeric, like there's a lot that goes into. What kind of mushrooms talking about? (laughs) We're going to keep this PG. (laughs) Uh, I think it's just so true. I see this all the time. Like you know, a current client, they're like, well, I used to be able to do this and I used to be able to handle all of this. And they can't quite connect that there's probably what you just said, another area of their life that seems unrelated to actually working out or actual meal planning that's playing a huge piece of the role of them not being able to maintain the same 
load or the same volume, you know, their bodies feels like it's falling apart because it actually is, even though they might've been able to handle it all in the past, there's something else. There's a, a leg that came out that they can't quite identify. And so it's really good that you address that because we just don't think of it, especially in the CrossFit world. It's like, well, I used to be able to compete at this level and I still had a job. Well, let's look at something else that might be missing in this, in this area. So right now, oh, I wanted to mention Wade. Wade says hi, by the way. Oh, hey, Wade. (laughs) Um, The uh, the gymnastics piece. um, Do you have a favorite move? I was talking, we were laughing with Wade because the Jefferson curls, we were talking about (laughs) the Jefferson curls that you added in. Um, Have you noticed a benefit with those? Uh, I did it for like two weeks and then I stopped. You're over it? So yeah, no. Okay. I was curious your thoughts on it. Cause I, it depends on the, it depends on why my back is starting to get achy if they help or if they don't help. Oh yeah. I mean, I think that for certain gymnastics moves, like, and I was talking to, so I, I have hired a coach who's a chiropractor who I trust a lot who programs for me. And he said that he wouldn't get me to even like five or 10 pounds for about a year. Oh wow. Yeah. So it's light. Yeah. Well, I mean, if you think about what, what it's actually training, it's, it's training connective tissue, which takes a long time to respond to. Mm-hmm. And so it's not like you're training muscles. So you're, yeah. you're training all the connective tissue in your spine um, and your ability to move through, through ranges with, without resistance. And so if it was a muscular adaptation, I'd say like, okay, you could ramp it up for four to six weeks. And that's why gymnastics takes so long to get good at is because it's connective tissue training, mm-hmm. not necessarily muscular training. Yeah. And so even body weight. So guys, Google um, Jefferson curls and just even maybe a body weight, would you suggest? For most people, absolutely not. Yeah. Okay. I mean, if if you're- No, 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 not not body weight, weight, sorry. Zero weight. I meant just your body. No weight. Oh, no, no. I I still stand by that statement. Perfect. Okay, good. Yeah, you can use your body. Like if this is assuming that people who are listening, I don't know if they're also meathead hippies, if that's the case, maybe it's a little bit different, but- I err on the side seeing in my practice a lot of people with low back pain from sitting and having their back rounded and in like a very flexed position. Mm-hmm. And so in my opinion, them doing more of that is just going to add to the overall repetitive motion of that movement. Mm. So Do that's you, why I would say no. Like you are an extremely active person and are going through a lot of demands in your spine. So you actually probably need way more movement than the average person. But if it's someone it. who's like has bad form, on a deadlift, sit all day, and then they round like they round their spine on a deadlift or any type of hip hinging movement, and their hip hinging isn't perfect already, um, which uses ideal, so good work, and then mm-hmm. add more flexion in their spine. I just I just think it's a movement like if you were overextending, if you were on a standing desk all day long, right, and then yeah. you had overextension problems, and then kept doing more extension. I would also think that's a that's not a great idea for a typical person. And so it's not necessarily like it's it's a bad movement in itself. It's just that what most people do throughout the day and their lifestyles are what make it bad. Well, you made a great point. I mean, it's gymnastics bodies or gymnastics and gymnasts are constantly going the opposite way. So it makes sense to exactly that, know, counteract it. They have a very specific demand on joints in the body and to perform and move their bodies in certain ways. And yeah. so I think that it's just probably unnecessary for most people, um, let alone like it could make problems worse. Uh, so if somebody, for instance, has like a disc herniation, mm. that is a flexion-based problem. You're, you're smashing on the front of your desk and it's shooting up backwards. And so if you flex more, like it's going to push more backwards. It's like, and the question is like, does, does the person have a connected tissue problem in their low back or spine that makes them not flex that you're trying to correct? 
And so if it's if it's a movement control thing, you could do that through like a like cat cow or progressions or like resisted flexion or even assisted flexion, like on your back. Mm. But full spine, like this stuff just needs to be very carefully done with the right people and right coaches. I'm glad you said that. Yeah. It's for, if anyone can't Google it, cause you're driving, it's like the opposite of, a, imagine a very limber gymnast doing a back bend. It's the exact opposite of it. So, yeah. head so, to- so imagine standing and looking straight forward and then reaching down with your hands. And then basically from your neck all the way down, moving your spine and tucking your chin under and curling forward one segment at a time. until you're as flexed forward as possible. So like reaching towards your toes, but doing it in a very intentional way where you're flexing each segment into the global flexion pattern. And for people that have hinging issues, just because we're on the topic, and I think a lot of people do have that, where they can't quite find the right deadlift position, or every time they deadlift, they kind of find, I know this is such a heavy question because each person is so different, but what's some just basic hinging, strengthening moves that someone can do if they're struggling with finding that good back position, whether it's deadlifts, cleans, et cetera? Yeah, I think a lot of it is just intentional practice. And so either having a mirror that you're going to and you're looking at um, and doing kettlebell, like short motion kettlebell deadlifts or even kettlebell swings, which with a shortened range of motion, I think mm-hmm. could be ideal. Um, it, like I said, it depends on the person. Um, even just practicing sitting down in a chair could be beneficial. Um, having a coach or somebody looking at you and making sure that you're doing and progressing in the right way, I think is always a good decision. I mean, that's why I have a gymnastics coach. Like I can look up stuff on the internet, but I send him videos and stuff I'm doing all the time. And he sees stuff that I don't. Mm, I love and that. So I think, yeah. And I think that's super important too, is getting that external feedback. Um, also, you could, you know, if you have access to bands or stuff like this, what you can do, I like a lot of resisted work. And so what you could do is basically have a band around your waist and have it be pulling from, from behind you. And so what you can do here is, is do like some kettlebell swings where it pulls you in like forcefully when you go back down into the position so it pulls back through your hips Mm. um, while you're doing kettlebell swings is a good way to reinforce both the um, squeezing of the glutes on top and as well as like a proper hip hinge in the right area and the the right vector like you should be thinking about essentially in my opinion like if, if a car door was open behind you and you try to close it with your butt i think that's kind of the movement you want and some people just don't have the movement pattern for it and i think having a band pulling you back in that direction when you have some weight to push the other way can help uh, integrate that movement pattern into your nervous system and get it as something that you actually retain as a movement pattern. I love it. So tying the band at waist height, maybe on a squat rack or yeah, a pull-up like, bar. You know, like around where sort of your feet are. Um, so it's down kind of at a 45 degree angle um, and it, it's, it's pulling behind you. And so around oh. the front, like, like it's a belt, like if somebody grabbed the back of your belt and pull it down and back, that's kind of the-, the Got it. Okay. I love that. I'm going to try that. Cause I've done, um, I love banded kettlebell swings, but it is not for, I don't, that's not for finding a hinge. I don't think it's more for just explosiveness. So I think that that's a really good cue. I'm going to try that today. Yeah. They're, they're not easy either, but like people you'll see who typically round or even overextend the top of a, a kettlebell swing, um, yeah. that will fix that movement pattern really quickly. I have a, I'm going to jump gears. I have a, a question for you. Do you miss doing one-on-one chiropractic work with all the things you have going on? Do you ever, you know, kind of think about like working one-on-one with people and that, that old career path that you had, do you ever wish you still had pieces of it? Yeah, I do a lot, but I just think of now that for every person that I work on now, um, 
I am probably not helping like hundreds of people. Yeah. That's how, that's where I'm right now. I, it's hard. It's hard for me. Very, very tough identity shift. And I think Mm -hmm. like it took me a while to strip that away. So I stopped practicing full-time last July. Mm. Um, And then from there, I kept doing some one-on-one work. And then it just became the point where like, I have so many projects going on right now and I want it to be compounding investment of my time. And so what I mean by that is, you know, I, I launch a product or do some marketing and that can build off of previous work that I've done and that can keep going forward. Whereas when I see somebody now on a one-on-one basis, I think that it's great to help them, but that doesn't necessarily help any other people unless they tell them to come see me as well. And then I help that person. Yeah. Yeah. It's so it's a different, it's such a different mental state. I think it's one of those things. So I've, it's been January of 2016 when I stopped practicing full-time or 2017 stopped practicing full-time. And I say practicing by meaning personal training and doing nutritional therapy. So not chiropractic work by any means. Um, but still it's just like, impactful though. Ah, well, thanks. I think it's just, I miss the connection so many times, but I also am always torn between, you know, how many more people would get this if it was online. And I can't, I can't justify it because I've seen so much high impact with the challenges and the the strength programs, all that stuff. So I was just curious about that. It's nice to know that. Yeah, it's tough. I mean, I think going through any of these major identity shifts is is hard, really hard to do. And I think when people are faced with that, they either like go through and become better and like improve their ability and capability as a person, or they face a wall and don't like are too afraid to change. Mm. I Um, and my other not easy, and that's kind of the, the. biggest piece I wanted to talk to you about, like you are so driven and you have, I mean, just the way your mind works is so impressive. I wish I could work with spreadsheets, although they tend to overwhelm me. Although I would like for you to send them to me and see if I could try to map my 2018 out. I think that would be a good challenge for me. But for you, when you take these five day retreats or when you step away or when you give, you know, you kind of give your projects to other people and your employees. Do you have a control issue that you have to work with? I used to way more than I do now. How did you work on this? Just being aware of it, I think is a big issue um, mm-hmm. and a, a huge way to, to bust through that. And so, I mean, a big part of that was hiring a lot of full-time employees mm-hmm. was, okay, now the responsibility is going to shift from me to somebody else and just practicing delegation was huge. Yeah. And so, especially now, so we have 21 employees now. Uh, and that's of, across all companies? Yeah. I mean, a lot of them work on the same thing or like everything. And so it's kind of like this conglomerate, if you will. Uh, but now I'm about, so now I'm two steps removed from details. Mm. And so it's not, it used to be me working directly on things. I can control everything. And then it became, I was delegating two people and then they were doing it. And I had to check their work to make sure it was getting done to my standards which yep. is a huge point of me to let go. And then now it is delegating to people who delegate to people. Mm. Because I can't, I can't one-on-one manage 21 people. This is impossible. I wouldn't, do any, I wouldn't get any work done. Yeah. And so that switch going from just going to delegate to one person to delegate to multiple steps, I think was a big phase shift for me and, and really good practice. I'm still working through it. I'm not 100% there yet, but trusting that these people and like finding the right people is really hard but trusting that they have the same uh, values for, for like that I do for the company and just communicating those very clearly is the best that I can do in a lot of instances and making sure that those values are set 
ahead of time. Mm-hmm. And it's just not, I'm just hiring for a job, I'm hiring somebody who actually wants to make an impact in nutrition and health. And so that way, you know, communicating that stuff, I feel like I can let go a little bit more and, and just help kind of push this thing in a direction and, and just realize that it's not about me or every single one of my ideas anymore. And it's about growing this thing as like a living organism that gets to make impact. And that way, I mean, it's, it's a really cool thing to see now, you know, when I take my hands off of a certain section of the business and then be able to revisit it and look at the details and see kind of where everybody else inserted their creative input and see where it went. I think it's a really cool thing to do. That's cool. I like and, that. And, and I mean, creativity for me is like one of the things that drives me in my life. And so that's how I view my work is not like work to do things, but more so a way for me to express creativity. And so if I have employees, my ability to, to hire them and to give them work is, should be for them to be creative in their own way and not for me to impose what I want done. I should, I should find them and what they like to do and have them express their creativity and like work as a team. And that for me is the most rewarding thing, not necessarily seeing exactly my vision push forward. Hmm. I like that. It's shifted. It's, it's a, I'm in the process of that. So I know exactly what you're talking about. This is really cool. So what is your favorite thing that you're working on right now? What's something that, you know, we all have projects or things that kind of light us up, but sometimes it's like, there's one big thing that either it's, something that's going to happen in the future or something that just really is drawing you right now? Is it delegating the delegators or is it uh, a product or is it a kind of path that you're noticing a trend on that you're really into right now? Yeah, it's moving from the products we have now with Rubikita to food products. So Uh phase two is coming up this year. And so we're going to be shifting. So all companies are self-funded. And so it makes it really hard to do products like food products. They're very, very expensive to launch and they have a lot of R&D time and cost to them. Mm-hmm. And so we've rolled every penny back into the company so far. And now we're at a point where we can finally start launching what I originally wanted to do with this company, which was to launch food products that, that increase accessibility of a ketogenic diet or just a healthy diet in general, mm-hmm. um, one that's high in healthy fat. And so we're going to be launching a bunch of whole food products, real food products, this year, which I'm super stoked about. I'm so glad because even the ones that exist of paleo or whole 30, whatever they are, they're still so nutritionally deficient in fat. Yeah. I go crazy. I'm like, well, I'm still hungry an hour later. <laughs> you, know my, you know my standards. You know, you know I'm going to try to fix this problem. Oh, I'm so glad. That's so cool. I seriously have not had a product, project or sorry, I've never seen a product that you've launched that I was not like, are you kidding me? This is amazing. So I just always let's keep that trend trend going. <laughs> Tell me about, um, I would like a little bit about the actual pro- companies. I want people to know how full your plate is. Let's just lay it out there. Oh, geez. Um, well, perfect keto is where I'm spending most of my time right now. It's just a space that is growing so fast that I feel obligated to invest in it since anything that's tied to weight loss, there's going to be a lot of charlatans that pop up. A lot of bullshit companies that try to sell you just on a fat loss type of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, they try to sell you products that just do this magical fat loss and all this different stuff. I mean, it's a very good therapy and it works really well for certain people. It's not for everybody. Um, and so as this grows, I want to have the best information available so that anybody can go to our website and find anything that they, they need to have this done in the right way. Another thing is people think a ketogenic diet can just be your levels of ketones in your blood. You still need to focus on whole food first. And so 
think really educating people on that aspect is number one goal of that company. Two is to provide them products to make it easy. Um, and so I'm investing most of my time there just because the space is growing so fast and that if we don't do it, somebody else, and I'm afraid, somebody else with poor uh, motives will take over that spot. Yeah. And so, well, before I move from this, um, just because I just had family time and my mom and sisters both were all like, okay, what is this perfect keto stuff? What does it mean when you take exogenous ketones? Can you just explain the benefits of exogenous ketones? Um, you know, I know we could talk a whole podcast about it, but, right. you know, kind of for the general population, if they're brand new to this, what does it mean for them? Yeah. So ketosis, and I'll just explain this real quick so people have more context, but it's it, most people run on the breakdown of carbohydrate for energy in their body. And so ketosis is essentially switching. So your body runs on fat, the breakdown of fat for fuel. And so the breakdown of fat that your body uses for energy is a ketone. And keto, uh, exogenous ketones are just ones that you take as a supplement that your body isn't breaking down um, in your body, which is endogenous. So exogenous means from outside. And so that can be used, for instance, if you're not doing a full ketogenic diet, which you have to restrict carbs, uh, a very great deal mm-hmm. uh, that can be used to get benefits and to f- f- have your body have a fuel source that it can use in that time for energy source and so that can be before a workout um, it could be transitioning into a ketogenic diet so if you're going from carbohydrates to ketosis then your body is kind of in between fuel states so it, it doesn't know if it should be using the breakdown of carbohydrate or the breakdown of fat and so using it for that is can be beneficial um, in periods of fasting decreasing appetite there's a lot of research coming on now that shows that even in the presence of carbohydrates, you still get a lot of benefits. And even if you take exogenous ketones, your brain and your heart still take it up preferentially as a fuel source. And so there's times where, you know, I eat some carbohydrates at maybe 30% of the time. I, mine is like moderate carb and not in ketosis. And so I'm still taking exogenous ketones then for mental performance. So I don't need to lose any weight and I don't really do any long distance performance. Mm-hmm. So for me, it's more of a mental um, energy and just overall day-to-day energy mm-hmm. um, people yeah so i mean there's there's tons of benefits obviously um, yeah but- I, t- I take it um <laughs> my favorite is if i like don't know when my next meal is going to be when i have brain fog or yeah. when i have you know sugar cravings are pretty rare for me but if i have low if i have bad sleep the next day if i feel like around two or three i'm like oh why am i craving a cookie that's like my chocolate sea salt is my go-to um yeah. Yeah, those are awesome use cases. So I've, I'm traveling a ton and I don't eat on flights typically. And I just have like a packet of that and fast through it. And it's, I'm just fine. Yeah. It's awesome. Well, that's so cool. Okay. So we got perfect keto. I would love to talk about, um, outside of just the protein that I talked about equip, you had a big name change last year, which was big and awesome for the company. I love the name equip. I think it's great. Yeah, so it used to be, like you said, Pure Wild, which is our, what was our, what is our pre-workout now, what it's called. And so, I mean, that was very workout focused, but it turned into what I wanted to provide was access to whole food nutrition in a very accessible form. And so, again, these are called supplements. I think everybody should be eating real food. They're not called replacements. And I, I don't think I'll ever make a meal replacement because I don't think those should exist. I think yeah. food is what you should be having for meals. And so, people still, I think, need to fill in gaps for different reasons and add to and supplement a real food nutrition. Mm-hmm. And so, like you said, we had a grass-fed beef protein that we launched, um, the pre-workout. I mean, as- I love your pre-workout. 
Yeah. I mean, anyone who's in fitness or has worked out who's roughly our age between like 20 and 40 at this point has gone through the gamut, I'm sure of awful supplements. And so this is <laughs> yeah. something that I experienced before, just like stuff where you take it, you want to rip the wallpaper off and then puke and then pass it out all from the <laughs> The worst is when you're driving to the gym and you have a bad pre-workout and it just used to like, you know, maybe this happens all the time where I'm driving a little too fast and I like slam on the brakes and it feels like my whole body is about to jump and my skin, it just is like my heart stops. Oh my God. This, yeah. Those supplements I can't do anymore. But your, your pre-workout is like the perfect amount of focus caffeine. I'm ready to go, but not the itchy, itchy, like I'm going to die. Right. Yeah. It's like super stimulant. So our our caffeine comes from green tea. I actually did a lot of research in grad school about different type of um, supplements for working out because I was super interested in it. And I did so I did a master's in conjunction with my doctorate degree in sports rehab. And so one of the things I did for my master's was research pre-workouts and the effective ingredients in them. And I learned that nobody used the effective amounts of anything because that made the product really expensive. And so mm. everyone has like BCAAs and creatine and citrulline and beta alanine and all that stuff, but nothing is at an effective amount. So if you look at the research, it shows, well, you need five grams roughly or you know, three to five grams of creatine to have an effective in the body. And everyone has like one gram. They have like one gram to 500 milligrams of everything just so they can say that it's in the product, but it's not yeah. an effective dose. So like, there's no reason to even take it other mm-hmm. than caffeine. So at that point, just drink tea or coffee in my opinion. And so actually having the products effective is a huge thing. People don't like doing it because then their margins are super low and they can't make a ton of money on it. But it wasn't about that for me. It was more so about providing a product that one I wanted to use, mm-hmm. and one that I could refer to my patients, especially in the beginning. That's kind of how this whole thing started anyway. And that's how mine are. That's always, yeah. that's like the impact, right? <laughs> <laughs> like the stuff that me and the people around me want. Yep. And then, so we launched the beet protein. We had uh, also the same thing. The greens powder that we launched is another thing where people would just put like one or two types of greens in there, whatever ones are cheapest. And then not realizing that one, you need a diversity of plants. And so like we had, I selected 22 different fruits and vegetables that covered the gamut of nutrition, as well as put in a lot of digestive Mush. enzymes and some yeah. fats and some other adaptogens that actually allow you to absorb and process the nutrition. So if you get a huge amount of nutrition, your body just is hit with, with something otherwise that it, it can't digest. And so putting stuff in it where it help you digest it was super important to me. And so that's another example. Um, we, I was sick of really these gross carb putters that just spike people's blood glucose. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we did a, a sweet potato powder, um, grass-fed collagen, turmeric blend that we just launched this year. Uh, so yeah, I mean, that, that was more so about just providing whole food products to people who wanted it. And so we are originally kind of in the CrossFit paleo sphere and so that's where the name came from but as we span it kind of out of a workout realm that's why we wanted to change the name and kind of go away from the the wad moniker such a really fast citrulline what i don't know what citrulline does in pre-workouts and that's bothering me i need to ask yeah you so just... all, obviously all the information's on the website but yeah i mean it just buffers the energy system and, and helps it's very synergistic with creatine Oh, perfect. Okay, cool. It was bothering me that I didn't know what that did. Uh, okay, cool. And the rest, those two I know, but the rest, um, Momentous, I would like to know a little bit more about that. Yeah, so that, so it's Momental. And that, Momental. That's, so this is just another product that I wanted selfishly. So uh, I was getting a lot, and obviously working a lot and doing a lot of this stuff. Um, like, like you're saying, you supplement a lot for certain things, so do I. And so I was taking a lot of 
brain support stuff. Wanted my brain to perform as well as possible. But everything came as like a chemical package, and so I made uh, what's called a nootropic, which is to help brain performance, uh, both for like an, an AM one that has collagen in some greens powder and some MCT oil powder in a bunch of different things, again, at effective doses, um, as well as a nighttime one for my brain to recover. So that way I could wake up and be ready to go. And so that's that one. Um, I need to try these. <laughs> uh, oh, we'll get them to you. You haven't tried those? No, I haven't. Okay. We'll send you a care pack. Uh, okay. <laughs> so there's that. I have uh, a couple other businesses with, uh, friend of mine is a chiropractor, Dr. Ryan DeBell. And so we went to grad school together and he's also doing scalable things. So he has something called the movementfix.com where he does kind of the same thing I'm doing, but in a, in a more focus on movement rather than nutrition. And so we're trying to help other chiropractors, uh, PTs, people like that scale their businesses. So if somebody's super smart in health, in my opinion, with the tools available now, they should be thinking about how they can impact 10,000 people a day, not 10 people a day. Mm-hmm. And so we have health fit business, which is something that, you know, it's a bunch of podcasts and, and free information. I mean, we, we, do, we have one product, which is a journal that, I mean, people, it's basically like a breakdown of our daily templates, but yeah, I mean, I mean, that's just mostly just getting information out there about how people can scale their businesses and take health to um, solve problems at a bigger, bigger level. Love uh, and yeah, a bunch of smaller stuff. That's <laughs> <not interesting. laughs> uh, you wear many hats and I, I appreciate them all. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we, we may be adding to that, to the, um, to the bucket this year. Who knows? We have to Anthony. Seriously. This is like, it's just calling to me. We have to. Yeah. I, I can't stop thinking about you. So can you imagine both of us doing it? It would just be, it would, it would just be great. Okay. Well, look great. guys, I can't talk about it. So I'm going to stop talking about it. <laughs> it's TBD. Um, okay. So I already know, your meathead side. So we're going to get a little hippie. I always ask my guests what their spirit animal is. Do you have a spirit animal and do you know what it is? Oh, shark for sure. <gasps> Ooh, good one. Yeah. You're my first shark. First one. Yeah. That's yeah. a good, I'm, I'm going to, in the just, intro, I'll describe it for people. Cause I don't know what the shark is. It's just silent, silent and cold blooded until it's time to strike. Ah, I love it. Evil motherfucker. Yeah, busy doing my work, and then when it's time to strike, it's strike. That's good. That's a good answer. Um, and anything else you want to add? Like, where's the best place for people to? Uh, I'll link everything, obviously, in the sh- show notes. But kind of the best place for them to find you, and then in turn, all the things that you're doing to follow your 2018 progress. Yeah. So the place where I'm most active online is just my personal Instagram, which is dr anthony gustin, and then. I also have a website of that that has links to everything, or you can just go to perfectketo.com or equipfoods.com for the two, I'd say, main, uh, main projects. And you have so many great blogs. I mean, you're a great writer, researcher, you're thorough. I, you have so much content So on dranthonygustin.com. So I highly suggest, suggest all my listeners to go, go down the rabbit hole because um, you're going to learn a ton from, from Anthony. Well, Anthony, thank you for being on my, on my show and I can't wait to be on yours. Thanks for having me.